Jesus said, Let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Every good endeavor is a gift from God. Here on Faith Marketplace Radio, you'll be inspired, equipped, and encouraged in your work as you hear business leaders share how their faith impacts their work. Joining us every Saturday at noon on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. For Faith Marketplace Radio, here are your hosts, Bob Lambert and Jennifer Villarreal. Hello, hello out there in Chicagoland and everywhere around the world. We're beaming all over the place here on AM 1160. Download the app so you can hear us anywhere. I don't want any excuses. And if you have an excuse, then you can go out and listen to us on our podcast at, at faithmarketplace.com. And my wonderful co-host is back, I'm Jennifer here. V. Reyes. Now we're calling her, right? <laughs> Jennifer V. You can call me Jennifer Villarreal Reyes, Jennifer V. Reyes, Jennifer Reyes. Call, or we can just yeah. say Jennifer. How about that? That'd be a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> we could do that, too. Hey, uh, let's tell the audience about some of the cool things that uh, some of the uh, sponsors have done or what, yeah. are, what are we telling them well you know week? what I also want to just pause here and let the listeners know that they can text us at any time because we have a lot of swag to give away right yeah, we, we sure have do. so much goodies from our guests and we're wrapping up and going to be going into 2020 and we want to start fresh with that so we have lots to give away so make sure that you text us here at the studio that number is 224-404-1988 and then just you know send us an emoji or tell us how much you love Faith Marketplace and you'll be entered to win and we'll get that uh Sent off to you. Yeah, absolutely. All right, listen, Christmas is coming, so we've got lots of goody stuff that you can give away to friends, neighbors, family, and all that stuff, so we want you to get in here and check it out with us, all right? Uh, I can't wait to get at this today, because we have, uh, actually, the new executive director now a couple of years uh, in the saddle, and I have the privilege of getting to meet Joe Pringle of the National Christian Foundation. we got lots of good news to tell you about that, particularly coming up here towards the end of the year. And uh, they're just, they're busting the walls. they got some great stuff that are happening for them. But let's hear a little bit from Joe as to what's your background? What's your story, Joe? Well, I, um, first of all, thanks for uh, having me on. I really appreciate that. Um, I uh, was born and raised in Hinsdale, Illinois, a family that was uh, both my mom's side and my dad's side were uh, entrepreneurs. And uh, so that became part of my foundation was really just getting into uh, different businesses and um, that's uh, you know one of the main things that kind of brought me to um, uh, to the business world. Uh, loved that. Was uh, involved in uh, a family steel business, um, and uh, bought that business f- from my father. And uh, uh, down the road, I uh, um, got very involved with a, a, a an organization in uh, in Chicago that was uh, a. Um, I'm sorry. It was a. Uh, um, private equity, wasn't it? Or uh, yeah, a private equity firm yeah. uh, that uh, we did uh, we did work there, and so uh, just kind of a variety of business things, uh, but also had a heart for uh, ministry. There was a school down in uh, that came out of Cabrini Green, North Lawndale, that uh, yeah. was something that uh, we really, uh, as a family, we really enjoyed uh, getting involved with. Yeah, that was a great story, and you got out alive out of that steel business, didn't you? <laughs> I did, I did. Um, it was uh, it was a great industry to be involved in uh, when I first. First got into it. Uh, Chicago was uh, really rocking and rolling in uh, the metals uh, bending industry, and uh, but uh, um, things kind of changed. And in the '90s, uh, it was a kind of a tough time, and uh, caught an uptick, and decided that at the ripe age of 41, I should uh, <laughs> uh, should uh, get out. So, but you uh, couldn't retire, though. <laughs> no, didn't retire. Uh, got involved with some uh, private equity uh, work on my own, and uh, um, uh, did that uh, as well. 
Good. Well, Joe, why don't you tell us a little bit more about why you're passionate about the work that you do with NCF or National Christian Foundation? Sure. Um, um, part of the firm that I was with before, a, a firm called Promus Capital, uh, was a bunch of guys who got together and uh, really wanted to lock arms. Uh, Promus actually means stewardship in Latin. And uh, what they wanted to do was to invest uh, together. They had a variety of different uh, backgrounds, and they wanted to create this family office where we could um, really pass on our values to our children. Um, and uh, because of... Uh, of that, one of the things that I greatly enjoyed talking about was the stewardship aspect and what did that look like, and um, that there really are some uh, uh, intentionality that needs to be there with various family um, families to make sure that uh, kind of wealth doesn't ruin their family. I, I had an experience where um, uh, on my mom's side. Uh, we had a, a business that had been uh, around since the 1860s, and uh, I would have been a fifth-generation person in that business. And mm -hmm. when it was sold in 1979, I was just getting out of college, and I got to watch uh, a bunch of family members win the lottery all at once. Wow. And uh, unfortunately, it kind of went like lottery winners. I'd say 85% mm -hmm. of those family members weren't prepared kind of for the wealth that they got, um, and they had great jobs and had nice things going on for them, but uh, unfortunately, um, they weren't prepared to have that money, and um, through a, a bunch of different circumstances, it turned out that um, uh, they were worse off in the end than mm -hmm. they would have been if they'd never gotten the money. So that became part of my story, and as we talked with the, at Promus Capital, when we were talking with new families that were coming on board, one of the things I really like to talk about was the trappings of, of, of money and how the Bible kind of warns us about that and what can, uh, what can happen there. Um, you know, here you are, you've, you've worked your whole life really to, to provide for your family and God's blessed you sometimes 10,000 times more than you need mm -hmm. uh, to, to kind of um, uh, care for your family. Well, what do you do with that? Um, how do you really intentionally figure out what is the best thing for my family? Um, and, and, and those discussions are just kind of incredible. So two and a half years ago, I got the opportunity to go to the National Christian Foundation, which really is uh, an organization that just helps people to have a generosity plan. What is their strategy for their, their giving? And what does that look like? And um, I like to say one of the things we do is we help people go from typically, they are already um, people that, that care about generosity, but we want to take them from three talent uh, individuals to 10 talent individuals. And what does that look like? How can they be the most efficient with that? Um, but there's also a pastoral aspect to that as people sell their businesses or, or have what we refer to as liquidity events. Um, what, are we, what are we actually going to what are we going to do for our family? Um, That's really great. That's really great, Joe. Mm -hmm. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that giving strategy in just a moment. Right. Mm -hmm. Hey, you know, Joe, in the conversation I had with you, you've had uh, had a couple health challenges or a couple challenges uh -huh. that you faced also. And and uh, and also just the business challenges you touched a little bit upon. Why don't you share a little bit more about that and how you pulled through it? Would you, how was your faith in all that? Sure. Um, you know, I... I I married an amazing woman. My wife, Tammy, um, uh, is really one of my spiritual leaders. She's just uh, a great partner. We've almost, uh, this summer, we'll be married 40 years. So wow. I'm blessed with that. Um, and um, so um, when I was 27 years old, uh, unfortunately, I 
kind of just went to the doctor for a general checkup and um, they, they found something that they were concerned about. And the next day I went and saw um, a specialist and he wanted to do surgery the following day and I had cancer. So, mm. um, and my wow. wife, uh, uh, her father had passed away she, when she was 13 and we had a three month old at home. So oh that was, uh, wow. that was pretty difficult. Um, yeah. Obviously, um, Things are, are good now. I'm actually 62 years old, so uh, um, <laughs> I, I, feel, I survived and I feel very, very blessed. But it changed my perspective on things. I didn't, I didn't kind of live uh, for, well, I'm going to retire at 65 and then I'm going to do things. Um, we ended up being able to have three more children. Didn't know if we were going to be able to do that, so we had four children. And uh, we did lots and lots of adventures. Yeah. Wow. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. So, Joe, can you tell us a little bit, um, what does faith and work mean to you? Um, faith and work means to me that you you just that there isn't really a line between the two that you actually go in with your complete and authentic self on everything that you do um, you um, you don't live your life in one way uh, when you're in church and then right. you live your life in another way when you're at work because so much of your time is actually with uh, where, where you are at work and you have this ability to really be maybe the only glimmer of what Christ looks like to other individuals by actually the way you behave in the workplace. And I, I have had people that have actually said to me, um, boy, you seem a little different. You, you behave differently. You, you know, you never want to, you know, intentionally gossip or you don't want to do these things. Now, certainly I don't get everything right all the time, <laughs> but hopefully I get a little bit more and they'll ask me about my faith and they'll ask me about my family and the things that we're doing. And I, I think uh, in that way, I can be uh, God's light. Yeah, yeah, I love that. So what do you tell them when they say, hey, there's something different about you? What do you say to that? You know, sometimes I, I, I actually have said, you know, I don't know if you really want to hear this because it really uh, is Christ. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and at that point, I'm hopefully at a, at a, at a place where my relationship is good enough that they're actually willing to kind of hear it as opposed to immediately turning things out. But mm-hmm. um, I strongly believe that the the reason that the, if there is any success or something that um, people would want to emulate in me, it comes from um, my love of the Lord and, and the way Christ leads my life. And you know what? Even if they do shut you out in that moment, I know that happened to me years ago before I became born again. I still remember those people that were bold and were able to speak um, and with love to me still, and even though I rejected them. So keep going at it. Yeah, yeah. You, yeah you can't be fooled by reject. You know, the other thing, too, that you mentioned a little bit earlier was pastoral. And so do you view uh, business as ministry? Um, I, I do very much. I, I was honestly kind of shocked when I went into this two and a half years ago. Um, I didn't think of it that way. I thought of it more of uh, um, what we do is very technical and and, and it's uh, wealth management oriented and uh, um, there's a lot of uh, tax regulations and all these different things that we do. So very business minded, which is you know kind of where I came from of my career of 40 years, didn't really think that there'd be this much of where people who are, they, they just have so much more than they ever thought they would and they really want to do it right and they're terrified of what it could do to their family. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, we've had some great discussions. 
Well, this is really great, Joe, and I want to have more discussion on this when we come back. But first, I want to remind our listeners to text us here at the studio. That number is 224-404-1988. Use that keyword NCF, and that's NCF for National Christian Foundation, and you're going to receive a tax smart giving strategy as well as your guide to the giving season. We'll share more about that when we come right back. This is Chicagoland's place to inspire, equip, and encourage Christian business leaders. Faith Marketplace Radio. Hey, we're back here with our guests, and you didn't hear the first section here with Joe Pringle, is the president of National Christian Foundation, uh, right here in Chicago. And uh, we uh, left off with Joe telling us a few things about how he incorporates his faith, how he looks at this now that he's the uh, president of it. Uh, going into it was kind of technical, and now you're really seeing it as ministry because you're having to help a lot of people with, have these worries and these concerns, right? So yep. um, obviously that plays into a Bible verse or favorite Bible verses, life verses or something. Do you guys have one? Um, well, for me personally, I um, I never imagined myself doing this at, at this point in my career. I, I didn't think I would uh, move into ministry. So uh, for me, uh, Esther 4.14 is really uh, one that uh, – resonates with me right now and that that uh, really uh, for who knows but what you have come to your royal position for such a time as this and I just feel like all of the good things that have happened in my life as well as the bad things have all come together to make me be uniquely prepared and to be able to do this job well and uh, I'm just having a great time I, 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 I joke some of my friends say gosh I've never seen you a work this hard or be uh, kind of have this much excitement and it's uh, it's kind of true even when I own my own business I don't think I work this hard but I, I love what I'm doing yeah well that, that passion shows with you I mean you 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 love what you're doing and you really have a heart for it so uh, uh, I'm just curious is there a a, a a verse for NCF or is there any kind of a, a theme that they follow through this um, well the, it, I would say that, you know, their goal is really to mobilize kingdom resources for mm-hmm. the benefits of others. And um, it's, uh, it's really about um, just uh, people to understand that really what they have is, is not their own right. and that they need to release it. And when they do release it, it is incredibly transformational. Yeah. Uh, I know for me and my journey, I would say that's the biggest thing that uh, kind of changed me. Um, spent tons of time in church, and and uh, my wife is a really strong uh, Bible reader, and we do that together. But what was the most transformational thing for me was when I got involved with this uh, with the school and uh, actually started releasing our funds, and you know ended up spending more money, um, uh, you know, giving more money towards um, education for underserved people than I even was doing for my own family. So um, we felt uh, very blessed to be able to do that, and it just it was it was more fun than anything we ever purchased. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Well, I want to definitely dive into that in just a moment, more about, you know, how a lot of people have this financial strategy, but maybe they don't have necessarily that giving strategy and they're missing out on opportunities to give back and also probably pouring a lot more money into taxes than they need to, right? But before we get to that, can you tell me what's are maybe some words of wisdom that you would have given your younger self knowing what you know now? Um, I would say one of the things that's the biggest is to just not buy into the trillions of dollars that we're being inundated with through commercials that are telling us that we have a problem and that they have the solution that we need to buy it. Um, And it really has to do with consumption. 
And uh, I don't think that's really uh, what will give you uh, joy. It's really about releasing things to others and benefiting others and helping others is really what's going to give you the most joy. And I, I definitely... Uh, during the 80s, it was kind of easy for me to make money, and um, um, I definitely acquired more. It's like if uh, if you have uh, one vacation home, two is going to be even better, and <laughs> and that just uh, it, it's not true. It, it uh, God warns you about these kind of things, and and what you end up doing is uh, you spend so much time having to manage your stuff that you really just can't uh, kind of have enough time really to spend with the Lord. So um, mm-hmm. um, I'd say that's probably. Uh, the biggest thing. My wife has a great saying that she says that uh, comparison kills gratitude. Mm-hmm. Oh, I would say, I you know, yeah. just don't buy into, you know, you have so many of your own blessings. Don't be looking uh, over the fence at the, at the at what the other person has. Yeah, and don't uh, try to keep up with them no. by yeah. buying that. And then you're working so much anyway that you can't even enjoy those things. And more importantly, enjoy time with loved ones. So, Absolutely. Yeah. You know, um, God... Um, you know, kind of put out there Solomon uh, and showed him as the person that maybe we would all actually kind of aspire to. And and he had more wealth than if you took the top 100 people in the world right now with their wealth, he had more than all of that. He had the wisdom. He had everything. And yet it wasn't that. It was really a relationship with God. It was what uh, will give you happiness. Amen to that. Amen is right. Joe, I, I noticed when we looked at looked over some of these people who've inspired you, there was a, a guest we had on last week was one of them. So, but why don't you share with the audience the audience who some of these people are that have inspired you? Um, well, I've already mentioned my wife, and uh, she's 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 amazing. And um, I think one of the characteristics that she has that I don't have is she's a great listener, and uh, people really seek her out. And she's a spiritual director, and she's been uh, a huge part for me. Um, my my pastor Don Wink and and uh, uh, at the Lutheran Church of Atonement we marched in there when we were 22 years old and uh, I plopped down in the f- first pew and we've been basically sitting in the same pew forever. Um, there's been three pastors over that time frame, but um, um, they kind of laughed at us. They're like, "Who's who walks when they're church shopping? Walks into the front <laughs> row and sits in the front row? But you pay more for a rock concert to sit in the front row." So I just think uh, you know who's, who's a better. Uh, a rock star than Jesus. Um, Ruth Haley Barton um, and the Transforming Center, uh, she's been uh, a big part of our lives. My wife went through um, TC, as they call it, Mm -hmm. and um, I saw such a change in her that um, I felt like we were maybe not going to be equally yoked if I didn't get some of the language that she had. So um, I kind of jumped in and also did the program. It's It's a 27 month nine yep. retreat program that's just absolutely incredible and um uh, so i did that as 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 well um my wife went on to do two more years of spiritual transformation <laughs> and i i just said there's no way i can do that but i can it, see where ruth would have that influence you know we had ruth on the show uh, she's actually coming up and uh yeah she's she really uh, i could see where she leads that whole uh, whole charge with the transformational stuff so um, what would somebody say? What did you say? I've got to leave enough time here at the end. But what's pretty? What's funny and interesting about you? Because you wrote something that I thought was kind of intriguing. Um, well, just I think you know we touched on it briefly that I kind of changed my philosophy on uh, on how I was going to live my life. And, and again, this was with my wife um, that um, we were going to do uh, kind of special things with our family. So we ended up. Um, we used to pull our kids out of school for the month of March and uh, homeschool them and mm-hmm. ski out in Telluride, Colorado. And uh, well, we did that. And then uh, when uh, we had a uh, fifth grader 
a third grader, a kindergartner, and a one-year-old. We lived out there for the year, and I commuted back and forth oh, to wow. the business in Chicago. So that was that was a gas. That'll be something that they'll remember for the rest of their lives. Oh, yeah. Well, Joe, can you share with us um, how you guys encourage your givers with uh, NCF, National Christian Foundation? Um, what we do is really just help them be intentional with their giving strategy. What we want to do is um, help them. First of all, we want to find out what their goals are. What, are they, what do they feel called to do? And then what we want to do is have them utilize um, not just their cash, which is one of the most stressed things that most people have, but their whole balance sheet of how they could um, possibly be able to reach the goals that w- they want. Um, we had a giver who said, boy, you know, I feel called to give away $20 million over the next 20 years. Mm. Um, it's like, I have no idea what that means or how I should do it. And what it, uh, what it was is uh, we've looked at five different types of strategies with the assets that he has. He owns a variety of businesses, et cetera. And nothing has kind of percolated up yet. But um, um, that's the kind of thing we do. We look at all the assets that they have and what they feel called to do and then help them do it in the most efficient way. I love that. And we have some things to give our listeners as well. So make sure that you text us here at Faith Marketplace. That number is 224-404-1988. Include the keyword NCF and you're going to be given a few different guides here. So, Joe, can you tell us a little bit more about the 2019 TechSmart Giving Strategies? Sure. Um, I'm really proud of our marketing department. Um, I, one thing I guess I want to point out, and I did not know that much about NCF before I actually went there, but they're, a, um, a, they're the well, sixth largest charity in the United States right now. Um, and uh, they um, $1.9 billion came into people's donor advised fund. So think of a donor advised fund as a charitable checking account. And when they make their uh, contribution into that uh, uh, into that checking account is when they get their um, uh, tax deduction. Mm-hmm. And how they fund that is where what we do and help them do that. Um, we come up with different strategies. and um, Yeah, that's great. And so who actually um, should contact NCF? Like who's a good person to contact them? Um, really anybody who um, is tired of having to keep lots of tax receipts, for example, um, if they make lots of donations and they want to open a fund where they can do all of the donations out of their their um, donor advised fund, we call them a giving fund, they only have to keep one tax um, uh, receipt, which is the donation into the fund itself. So it, it's, a, it's a variety of people. But um, one of the things that we do that's unique is we will take in people's businesses We'll take in, uh, we do strategies where people gift before they sell their business. Um, had an individual who was going to do that, and uh, it, um, it, result, it resulted in about $3 million more going to charity mm-hmm. than would have if he had made the donation after he sold his business. So there's just lots of strategies. So you anybody. Can, you can vet, though, also these charities that they're, they're directing the money towards, too, right? Absolutely. I mean, you guys really help them do the due diligence on what these charities, how much of that money is actually going to end users or whatever it's intended to, right? We um, we have a team in Atlanta that actually does research where the people are going to be giving their gifting. They mm-hmm. want, we want to make sure they actually have a 501c3. We want to make sure that they um, kind of live up to the charitable purposes that um, most Christians would want. And um, we have discussions back with uh, um, the donors and that... Um, that want to make the gifts. That's great. And Joe, what's the best way for people to find out more about NCF? Well, they can contact us um, through our website, which is uh, uh, ncfgiving.com 
slash Chicago. Um, if you just put in .com and search for Chicago, it typically pops up. Um, I, um, I work with a team of five people in Chicago. Um, it's not just me. There's a, a quite a great group that... Uh, that yeah. really helps. Yeah, make sure that you check them out. That's National Christian Foundation Chicago. That's ncfgiving.com forward slash Chicago. Hey, we're going to be right back with our next segment. And uh, we got kind of a tandem team here today, but we're going to focus on the Barnabas Group next. Stay tuned. We're here at Faith Marketplace every Saturday. This is Chicagoland's place to inspire, equip, and encourage Christian business leaders. Faith Marketplace Radio. Hey, we're back here with our next segment uh, with Jeff Wallace, which is now the executive director here in Chicago of the Barnabas Group. We're very excited about Jeff being on, but he also is an associate to Joe that was just on the show. So he is also involved in NCF, and you got a dual role going on there, buddy. I, I do, but it, it really fits very well together. Right. In fact, I had to talk a lot to Joe about before I took this on. NCF is all about that idea of treasure and maximizing it for the kingdom. Meanwhile, Barnabas Group is all about taking time and treasure and maximizing that for the kingdom. Right. So in reality, it works really well together. Okay, we're going to get more into that, but let's let the audience know who Jeff is. Okay, right, well, so, Jeff, Jeff's uh, I'm down from downstate Illinois. We like to call that God's country. Ah. Uh, a lot of people call it flyover. I call it God's country. <laughs> uh, I have University of Illinois, CPA, uh, came up to Chicago, worked for Arthur Anderson for a couple of years, but then got lucky enough to get into the options trading. Mm. And I did that for 25 years and God bless myself, you know, blessed us as we worked on that with different groups. I uh, went overseas. Most importantly, I got my oldest daughter, Bailey Ming, from Hong Kong. Oh, and wow. then we came home. And since then, I've got four daughters. And uh, <laughs> two and a half years ago, I got lucky enough to, to start to work with this guy right next to me, Joe Pringle, and I've just been blessed to do it. So have you got a background in growing up in a faith uh, Yeah, I was one of those. I was one of those guys that I used to get probably upset with my parents that we'd always have to go to church when we were on vacation. <laughs> <laughs> so, But I would say I didn't really have a relationship with Christ right. until I, I would say I was 23, 24 years old, working in Chicago, started going to Fourth Press, mm-hmm. and there was a guy, uh, Mr. Uh, Pastor Buchanan, an mm. amazing guy, and he did some amazing talks on wealth in particular. And oh, that's wow. what really got me into thinking about and really started researching and, and writing in the Bible. You know, one of the things that's intriguing about that, because you're a CBOE, I mean, it's a tough place, especially for a Christian. How'd you survive all that? It is, it is, but you got to tell you, you know, there's just as, there's a ton of Christian guys that are down there. Okay. And I know people always talk about this idea of faith at work. And I'll right. admit during the, <laughs> at 7.30 when the unemployment number's coming out, you're not necessarily thinking about Christ at that moment right. uh, as you get ready to yell and just try to do something quickly. But at the same time, we had a Bible study. We did a lot of things together as men that are just trying to ultimately elevate us with Christ. But at the same time, we were all trying to make a living. So it wasn't all daisies, let's say. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Jeff, why don't you tell us why you're passionate about the work that you do with NCF and the Barnabas Group Chicago? Well, the idea for me, uh, I did this program called the Master's Program, Mm -hmm. and the Master's Program is all about uh, this idea based on Bob Buford's book, Halftime. For anybody that's read it, it's a wonderful book, and it's it's got a tagline from success to significance. Mm -hmm. For me, I like to say it's from going pretty well to hopefully doing a lot better, but the idea is to take my skill set. We all have these wonderful skills that God gave us. We get to work all this time on it. Most of the time in our life, we're working on those business skills. But then the idea is we're just doing it for money, right? At Mm -hmm. the end of the day, that's what we're doing. But what I get to do now is I got to take all those skills, and now I get to use it for the kingdom. And it was pretty neat when NCF called, because now I get to use that to help people maximize. There's nothing better than when you sit across from somebody, and you can explain, if you do it this way, 
the first thing, I, we just were with somebody and the woman was coming back saying, well, that means I get to take that many more orphans in. Mm. And when you know that your work gets to do that, that's pretty cool. That is way cool. Especially coming from the floors. Yeah. Way cooler than the Yeah, floors, exactly. Right? You know, in, in our discussion before the show, though, you kind of put a little bit more of a pencil point on the fact of uh, NCF and why it's so distinct because there's... You call them advisory, uh, what do you call Donor them? advised funds. Donor advised funds versus it, a lot of the other ones. Yeah, in the financial industry, the fastest growing part of the financial industry is the donor advised fund part of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the neat thing about NCF is like last year we had $1.9 billion came in, but $1.7 billion went out, a little mm-hmm. over $1.7. So um, approximately 90% went out. But in the industry, only about 20% of the money actually goes out and goes to those charities and missions that we all love. So for us, it's all about getting it out into the kingdom, and that's not necessarily the case for the whole industry. Right. Well, Jeff, can you tell us a little bit more about um, who inspires you, whether that's in Chicagoland or outside of Chicagoland? Well, um, one of the people that inspires me a ton is the guy sitting next to me, Joe Pringle. I get to watch Joe, and uh, so I have four daughters. Joe has four kids, and one of the neatest stories I could ever tell is I was having a little bit of an issue with my daughter away at college, and, then, and Joe happened to listen to hear some of my conversation. And the next day, he brings in a letter that he had written to his daughter back in like 2002. And it was kind of about the same thing. It was about this idea of my kids are in college and I'm trying to get them to go to church. Mm-hmm. Just try church. Try FCA. <laughs> try something. And, and Joe gave me this. He's like, oh, I wrote this to my daughter after she got out of college. She's in the city. They were kind of away from it. So as I always say to another good friend of mine, Gordon Murphy, there's people that model these wonderful behaviors, much like Jesus Christ did for us, right? Yep. And I have someone that I work with that models a lot of those things. So how can that not be a person that I look up to? Yeah. Well, you said that, that name, Gordon Murphy, and yeah. <laughs> my heart skipped a beat because oh, I just absolutely adore this man. And that's how I got involved with the Barnabas Group, actually. So I found them online um, through social media posts, went onto the website, signed up for this newsletter. And I don't think they even had a newsletter, but this guy named Gordon Murphy <laughs> said, do you want to meet up for coffee? Or if you're not comfortable <laughs> with that, we can uh, chat over the phone. I'm like, who is Gordon Murphy? I'm going to do a Google search. I'm not meeting up with some random person for coffee that I don't know and but i did end up um i did a little google search saw a video of him barnabas group and yeah just absolutely adore him so can you tell us more about the barnabas group and how that ties into what you're doing now well i I love to hear you talk about murph like that because i could have the same story and i know so many other people that would say the same thing about him um i was actually lucky enough to be involved with murph when we helped start the barnabas group nine years ago here in chicago it was a bunch of tmp graduates the master program graduates and the idea is that we're, we're having four quarterly meetings now it's a little bit more it's about eight between the suburbs and the city and what we do is we try to bring ministries out of this world ministries together we have them present but we're having them present about real needs they have, professional needs they have. Because at the end of the day, everybody gets an opportunity to write a check, especially Christian marketplace leaders. Right. We get bombarded with opportunities to check, but most of the time that doesn't take our heart. But if we actually can engage with those ministries and actually use our skills, one of the things we've learned in the, in the master's program was you're trying to do 5X, 10X, even 100X returns for these things that we're doing. Well, your experience and your business skills can actually do that. And these ministries can't afford that. I have a great friend that's a turnaround guy. And he's kind of a curmudgeon, but we just had a group that came in and they were trying to review their operations and decide what they want to do. And they're an international group. And one of the neat things I got to do, he wasn't at the meeting, but afterwards I'm like, hey, you know, this would be a perfect guy for this. Mm. So I called him up and I said, hey, I think you should make a phone call to these people because I think you can make a big impact. 
And this group happens to be based out of South Africa. So now he's having a, a phone call once a month kind of reviewing their operations and help them think through this idea of what they're doing and how they're doing it. And I can't think of a better way for him to make a bigger impact in the kingdom than doing it. Because that's what he gets paid. He gets paid like, I don't know, something ridiculous to do what he does. Right. And now he's doing it just because he loves the Lord. Yeah. And he's trying to help maximize and I, somebody. You said it well. It's about the talent part. You yeah. know, you get, there's lots of different ways to give to the kingdom. And you hit it on, 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 on cue here from the standpoint, the money thing, that's, you know, write a check, whatever. But the time and the talent. And I think that that's really the heart of Barnabas is being able to engage and spend the time. I mean, what a wonderful thing to be able to vet these different ministries because you got lots of opportunities to give money away. And I know the master's program very well. Bob was on the program one time. Okay. And I know for the guys that started it with you, <laughs> they go to church with me. So uh, anyway, the, uh, the, 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 the heart right there of that thing is really having this stuff in one place where you can review a couple of these charities. And it's more about the needs that they have for the talent than yeah. it is writing the check. Because you guys avoid that. I mean, you don't even talk about giving money at that exactly. thing. Exactly. It's really yeah. about skill sets and, oh, we need some marketing or we need some financial advice or we need this or we need that operational advice. And I think that's what really drew, drew, you know, drawn me to Barnabas. And, yeah. But this is a relaunch. So let's get into a little bit you know, with you now. Which, what's your plans for 2020? Well, the idea is, the big thing that we're trying to do right now is actually what you were just talking about, is that I'm trying to meet with everybody that's ever been to a Barnabas meeting, and mm-hmm. I'm just trying to get relational and spend some time with them and get to know them, get to know their skill sets, mm-hmm. and then hopefully invite them back into a Barnabas. Okay. And the idea is to invite them in so that we can give them that opportunity, because plenty of people have been to a Barnabas meeting, but it seems like people go hot and cold on it, and what mm-hmm. we want to do is we, we know if we get the right people in the room if you have that great Christian marketplace leader that's in the room, you're going to get a lot of other people that want to be around that, right? Yep. There's a momentum to that. Yep. And it, to be honest, it's the same thing we're doing at NCF. Mm-hmm. We're trying to build community, and we're trying to build a community of believers that can do something that together that we can't do on our own, mm-hmm. right? And so if we have those skill sets there, and then there's all kinds of different things that are needed. It's from board representation, board governance. You know, People are worried about ECFA from the accounting side. There's a ton. Of, and for the younger people... I, almost every ministry that comes needs some type of social media. It's like right. the number one mm-hmm. thing you hear, right? Yeah. How do I do? What I do hear, I do? I always heard that in marketing and also there's a sales component, huge sales component. Business development. Yeah. yeah. And uh, messaging as well. So let's say people want to get involved and they want to find out more about the Barnabas Group. How often are these meetups? Where are they? Can you tell us more about that? Okay. So we're going to start. Our, uh, I just took over about a month and a half ago from a guy, Tommy Lee, who mm-hmm. did a wonderful job over the last four years. But part of what we're doing is we're trying to re-engage. Engage. So mm-hmm. that's going to take a little while. So our first meeting is going to be in February. We're going to put out the date here in the next couple of weeks. Uh, there'll be one in the summer, one in the city. I know we'll be using the Metropolitan Club for the city. And in the suburbs, we're not quite sure yet. We're going to hopefully nail that down in the next couple of weeks. Uh, I think this meeting is actually going to be based on trafficking. Mm-hmm. And we're going to have three different great charity missions. We have two already pretty much lined up. We're looking for the third. But the idea is to tie together the single cause, but all with different business needs. Uh, and then hopefully we can get the right people in the room to start to engage to maximize for the kingdom. So Barnabas.com is a great place to go. You can go. You can learn about Barnabas. The meetings are all on there, the events. Um, we obviously, the only way we survive is through partners. So we have partners that join the group. They help pay for the bills. Uh, and it helps us to actually go out and recruit more and then recruit more ministries. 
Yeah, it's a really great organization. I used to be involved and on the board um, a few years ago. We want back. you back. I, I've heard that. <laughs> well, now that I'm doing better health-wise, maybe I can come back um, and at least participate in as a partner. I don't know about on, as a board member yet. But either way, I want you guys to text us here at the studio so we can send you more information about that. And we have a free ticket for you for the next gathering. So that number is 224-404-1988. That keyword is Barnabas. Hey, listen, we want you to stick around because we're coming into our uh, last segment of the show, and that's going to be a roundtable discussion with Joe and Jeff and Jennifer and myself. I said that. Oh, Joe, Jeff, Jennifer. Wow. And uh, our subject today that we're going to hack around is, do you have a succession plan in place for your business? And with these two guys in the studio, I think we've got a pretty good idea what this is going to be about. This is Chicagoland's place to inspire, equip, and encourage Christian business leaders. Faith Marketplace Radio. Hey, we're back here again with Joe Pringle, the president of NCF, and Jeff Wallace, the newly appointed executive director for Barnabas. And our theme today is, do you have a succession plan in place for your business? Jeff, I'm going to start off with you because obviously you've transitioned out of a couple business, or with you also you've transitioned yes, out of I have. business <laughs> stuff. So, um What's your thoughts on this thing? Well, um, it's one of those things that I don't think you ever think about until it's all there, and then you're just kind of scrambling. And Joe and I get to talk about this a lot with business people as they're going through it. You never have enough time, and you're too busy trying to grow the business, and then all of a sudden you get that opportunity, right? right. And, and so being intentional about it and thinking about it, we had a great meeting today, and part of that was I, I, I got to stop and just kind of think about it. Mm-hmm. So the, the number one thing is, uh, is to take, your t- take some time, Mm-hmm. Be intentional about it. And obviously, a great estate, we always say great advisors are worth their weight in gold. So a great estate attorney is really important for any you know family-owned business. And the second thing is a great private wealth advisor to work you through that. And then for us, we always say that's where we come in. We come in with the giving strategy. Mm-hmm. And we help you think through some of those things as you want to contemplate what your legacy is going to be. Well, you just went through it also in the Barnabas situation because mm-hmm. there's a transition there. And, uh, and you know, that's another thing. When you're transitioning from one type of thing to another, uh, how well that is that planned out? But Joe, from the standpoint of what you've had, some of the transitions, how, how was your planning when you got out of the steel company? Did you have planning around that? Um, uh, yes, there was. It um, you do have to have a good team. I had a good uh, uh, estate attorneys um, as well as wealth management advisors to help me with that. But it's also kind of mentally being there to make right. a transition. Yeah. Um, being 41, it was uh, pretty young. My kids weren't at an age where I was dealing with the next generation dealing with that, mm. um, which can add complexities. And then you throw in spouses uh, and significant others. Uh, right. It can really, uh, it, c- it can be tough, especially as you get down into third and fourth generations. It can be, um, uh, but um, I, I believe that uh, you need to be intentional you need to really think about what is the most important thing that you want for your family. Um, for for Tammy and I, my wife and I, um, we really wanted them to, to really know the Lord, to, for them to understand exactly um, what our values were, hopefully, mm-hmm. um, before we would be uh, releasing our values. Yeah, and you said a mouthful there. Uh, also, is legacy. Mm-hmm. You know, my per- particular uh, wealth management attorney that I deal with, um, he creates legacies that you can be passed down. So it makes him rather distinct uh, from that standpoint because he wants to focus on what is it that you would like to have the second generation, third generation away from you know about you. And he's creating these wonderful um, 
you know, tapes and videos and all that kind of stuff oh, to go great. along with that, which is really huge, you know, because oftentimes, I, I mean, I'd love to hear from my great-grandfather. I, I don't know the guy. I couldn't tell you anything about him. And it's, it's kind of a cool thing when you think about this passing along or a legacy. The same thing in a business, you know, when you think about that. I'm in a business now where I'm going to be looking to succeed out of in the next couple of years and hopefully get out alive, as I say, but also a legacy of what we created over 20 years as to being able to pass that along to somebody else, you know, or a new owner. Uh, so, yeah, it's been on my mind. You know? Well, you know, they say 85% of businesses fail by the third generation. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. being intentional in that first and second generation is obviously really important. Well, we had a, we've had we had a family in here that's in the fourth generation now, the Ozinga family. And I got to tell you something. They walk it. They, they It was such a joy mm-hmm. hearing the stories. And they had some documentation, legacy passed down and back all the way back to the early 1900s. And, man, they, they knew that story, and it was passed down and down and down. And, and now the fifth generation, they got 32 kids uh, out of the fourth generation are going into the fifth generation. So they're pretty prolific down there in the south side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Bob, I know with some of my clients, um, they can't even begin to think about walking away from their business for maybe a week to go on vacation, let mm-hmm. alone they're probably yep. not even thinking about that succession plan. And it is so important. And unfortunately, sometimes there's tragedy that happens or right. then, you know, the spouse is left with, how do I handle this? What do I do with this? And, um, you know, I uh, had a friend last year who was faced with that with, um, you know, a little one, four years old, and then she's pregnant and doesn't have anything um, from her husband, you know, even. So I think we need to think about this from a variety of different ways. I know not all of our listeners are maybe business owners, but we need to be able to think about, you know, um, our loved ones that that are going to be still here we're not promised to be here forever on this earth right Right. so um and sometimes we act like that we keep putting things off and i know i did that when i was sick i kept putting off what the lord was calling me to do and i'm like later 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 (laughs) i'll get to it and then you know i ended up uh, not being able to do that so when i you know really wanted to i couldn't and when i was able to i didn't so yeah and that's a good thing you know with the, the passing my partner really set in motion some things for me that would just write my face, you know, that, wow, we're, we're here for a minute. We're here for a whisper or dust. And what plan do I have in place for the transitioning, even if something happened to me? From my, So it really made me think, and I had to sit down, and I really wrote step-by-step step a whole transition thing or success, succession thing for her that she has to implement, you know, if something happens to me. Also, wills and trust. I've heard some staggering statistics about uh, how few Americans have wills and trusts, and it's just like, wow. You know, that's basic one-on-one stuff. And do you want that going to the state or the government? Because that's exactly what's going to happen to it. Whatever you have, it's going to go into probate. So, uh, you know, I, I kind of pound that a little bit with younger people. Get a will and trust, especially young families. You know, get a will and trust. You yeah. know, you, it's so important to do that. The other thing, too, is, uh, you know, for me, it's a, a, it's a yearly refresh. Uh, I have that guidance. I have, you know, some wonderful people around me that, they really, you know, uh, get on me about, oh, Bob, we got to review this, you know. So that's another thing, too, is even though you put it in place, things change. And I hadn't had mine looked at for 10 years, and, man, things had changed big time. So anyway, what's your thoughts on this, guys? I was just going to say I, I was just with an estate attorney sitting down with a, a really interesting family. And uh, at the end of the day, the estate attorney said, A, you've got to think about how much is enough mm-hmm. from a family perspective. And once you, the family, figures that out, we can help you with all the other things. Right. But this, this gentleman had been severely blessed. And he basically looked at him. He's like, for every dollar you're making right now, 50 cents of it's going to go to the government. Mm. 
All right, it's just the way it is. You're well over the twenty-four million dollar federal number. Mm-hmm. This is what it is, and and it really made him stop. But he's like, more importantly, what are you thinking about leg- your legacy? Yep. Because this this guy is spending all of his time right now on ministry, mm. but he's also growing this business on the other side that he's not really thinking about. And so it was really neat because the, the state attorney almost stopped the whole meeting. It was like, hey, <laughs> you, we're talking about all this stuff, but that's not important. This is what's important because mm-hmm. if you can tell me how much is enough for you and your kids, I can go do the next thing. We can do the generation skipping trust, but there's a lot of things we can do. And we were there, NCF was there talking to them about this idea of how do, we, how do we incorporate this giving strategy around it. But there's some pretty simple questions that are actually very hard to answer, right, for everybody. It's all different. Yeah. But once you answer those, then you can go through. And I think you've heard it from all of us. Having a team or someone to advise you is really important. Yep. Uh, and it might not always be an attorney. It could be a good friend, a different someone. But just someone to hold you accountable as you right. think through some of these issues. Because yeah. uh, succession, succession and a lot of things, I know for myself, uh, I've got this all written down for my wife, and I haven't looked through it for a long time. And we have a great, we have a great woman that we hired, Valerie Hogan, that's mm-hmm. helping us. And Val gets to work with a woman. Her mom has a great ministry to widows. Mm-hmm. And we've heard the stories, right? I think there's $30 trillion that's going to exchange hands in the next 20 years. Yeah, the transference of wealth. Yep. 66, 70% of that's going to end up in women's hands, right? Yep. So as we think about that, and the other thing, we were just talking to a private wealth advisor who's talking about, yeah, you know, as I meet with as I meet with couples, it's hard. But what they were saying was 60% of them are going to change their private wealth advisors after their husbands pass away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, we want to make sure that we get you connected to these guys, Joe Pringle and Jeff Wallace. So make sure that you text us here. That number is 224-404-1988. Use that keyword NCF or Barnabas, and we will get you connected. Yes, we will. And by the way, get out there and check us out, faithmarketplace.com. We have all the podcasts up there for over six years, over 600 interviews. Uh, you could go up there and stream it in, uh, you know, any one of these, uh, you know, get windshield time, you're out on the soccer field with the kids, you're out shopping, you know, might be inspirational when you're doing that. But again, check us out next Saturday here at AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. I'm Bob Lambert and Jennifer Villarreal. Thanks for joining us for Faith Marketplace Radio, here to inspire, equip, and encourage Chicagoland's Christian business community. Faith Marketplace is on every Saturday at noon, right here on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Listen to past shows anytime online at faithmarketplace.com.